Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the February ninth episode of Poets and Muses, where we chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen Avrate. As always, you can follow us at poetsandmuses.com and on social media via Instagram, Twitter, as well as SoundCloud under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com. Or at the upper right-hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. With us today is Dave Ayala, with whom I will be discussing his poem "Que de Hell Pasa" and my poem "Isolation." Before we do that, however, I'm going to go over all the poetry events taking place in the Phoenix metropolitan area during the week of February 10th. On Monday, February 10th, from 6 p.m. Raquel McKenzie will be hosting the Cultural Poetry Slam, a past cantina at 333 East Roosevelt Street in Phoenix. From 6 to 7:45 p.m., Christy White and the Arizona State Poetry Society will be hosting its monthly Mustang Poets Open Reading and Discussion. This will take place at the Mustang Library, which is at 10101 North 90th Street in Scottsdale. From 6 to 8 p.m., Joy Young will be hosting the second of an eight-part workshop called "From Page to Stage: Exploring Spoken Word." This will take place at the Phoenix Center for the Arts at 1202 North Third Street in Phoenix. From 6:30 to 8:30 p.m., Patty will be hosting her monthly poetry roundtable workshop at Changing Hands Bookstore. Which is at 6428 South McClintock Drive in Phoenix. From 8 to 10 p.m., Phoenix Firebird Events will be hosting their weekly Open Mic Mondays at Smooth Brew Coffee, which is at 504 East Roosevelt Street in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic is between 7 and 7:30 p.m. Monday is also the last day to register. For the talent auditions for African Fest 2020, this will take place on Sunday, February 16th, at Onyx Gallery. To register for the audition, go to africanfestusa.org/get-involved/talent. Again, that's africanfestusa.org/get. Get hyphen involved forward slash talent. On Tuesday, February 11th, from 6 to 8 p.m., Connect and Heal will be hosting its weekly poetry writing workshop in Room 101 of the Chandler Community Center, which is located at 125 East Commonwealth Avenue in Chandler. From 7 to 9 p.m., Arizona Masters of Poetry will be hosting their Creative Collaborative Jam at the Fair Trade Cafe, which is at 1020 North First Avenue in Phoenix. From 8 to 11 p.m., Ken Kong will be hosting his The Underground Experience at La Flor de Calabaza, at 705 North First Street, Suite 110 in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 8 p.m. On Wednesday, February 12th, from 5 to 10 p.m., Wall Richardson II will be hosting his weekly Walk-in Wednesdays Open Mic Night. This will take place at Tempe Center for the Arts, 
which is at 700 West Rio Salado Parkway in Tempe. As always, from 5 to 6 p.m., youth performers will go on, and from 6 to 10 p.m., all other performers will go on. Signing up for the first part starts at 4.45 p.m., and signing up for the second part starts at 5 p.m. Wednesday is also the last day to sign up for this month's Pocket to Me, which will take place on Saturday, February 15th at Palabras Bilingual Bookstore. To sign up, email info at palabrasbookstore.com. Again, that's info at palabrasbookstore.com. On Thursday, February 13th from 6 to 9 p.m., Fatso's Pizza will be hosting its weekly open mic night at 3131 East Thunderbird Road in Phoenix. From 7 to 9 p.m., Mesa Arts Center will be hosting its monthly Wordplay Cafe open mic at the Nile, which is at 105 West Main Street in Mesa. From 8 to 11 p.m., Quinton Oni will be hosting his weekly open mic at Jobot Coffee and Bar at 333 East Roosevelt Street in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7.30. From 9.45 p.m., Atlas St. Cloud will be hosting his weekly poetry writing workshop at the Welcome Diner at 929 East Pierce Street in Phoenix. On Friday, February 14th from 7 to 9 p.m., Flipside the Poet will be hosting his Confessions Poetry Open Mic, which will take place at the Concierge Bistro Bar at 1140 East Washington Street, Suite 101 in Phoenix. On Saturday, February 15th, from 9.30 a.m. to 12 p.m., the East Valley Poets will be hosting their monthly short program and open reading at the Tempe Pile Center at 655 East Southern Avenue in Tempe. From 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., Sheridus Leona will be hosting the fourth of her five spoken word, The Art of Slam Poetry Workshop at the Phoenix Center for the Arts, which is located at 1202 North 3rd Street in Phoenix. From 1.30 to 4.30 p.m., AZ Poetry Out Loud will be hosting its Central Regional Finals Competition for Young Poets at the Mesa Arts Center, which is at 1 East Main Street in Mesa. From 6 to 7 p.m., Lost in the Letters will be hosting a reading with Susan Steinberg and Aria Curtis. This will take place at Futuro, which is at 901 North 1st Street in Phoenix. From 6 to 9 p.m., the monthly Pocket to Me open mic night will be taking place at Palabras Bilingual Bookstore, which is at 1738 East McDowell Road in Phoenix. From 7 to 9 p.m., Tamika Sanders or Dr. T will be hosting her I Got the Last Word Poetry Contest at Aroma Mocha Coffee, which is at 506 East Western Avenue, Suite 103 in Avondale. On Sunday, February 16th, from 3.30 to 6 p.m., African Fest USA will be hosting their talent auditions for African Fest 2020 at the Onyx Gallery, which is at 1346 West Roosevelt Street, Suite 8 
in Phoenix. And now let us turn to our poet guest of the week, Dave Ayala. Hi, Dave. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So you brought with you the poem, Kate the Helpasa. Um, before we get into it, uh, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am 28, and I grew up in Phoenix, but I left for a while, and mm-hmm. I've actually only been back since the summer, since June. Wow. I uh, pretty much always been writing poetry ever since I was about 12, 13 years old, and I uh, read Edgar Allan Poe's The Bells for the first time, mm-hmm. and um, I kind of liked the like the macabre, mm-hmm. uh, like escalation <laughs> <laughs> of the piece, and kind of just started playing around with it uh, to express my own thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think your poem reflects that a little bit. Yeah, it is a little bit about kind of a <clears throat> like self-discovery. Um, I, I've heard the word um, quarter-life crisis thrown around <laughs> a little bit. Uh, so that's kind of what this is. Right, right. When in reality, the subject matter has actually been really uh, beneficial to me. Great. Uh, but it, it came from a time in my life where I just wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And so it is a little bit of an exploration to into like that depression or kind of like just the... Uh, like that attitude, right. as well as kind of a, an attempt at humor, because right. I, on my journey through dealing with depression and whatever else, I have leaned really heavily on humor, so I hope a little bit of that rings through mm-hmm. the uh, the text, I guess. Right. And you said that you, you started writing when you were 12? Okay. Yeah, I stopped for a long time. Oh. Where? Um, I want to say it was like 2012. I... Uh, I had a friend over, and she borrowed a stack of notebooks, mm-hmm. and I never saw them again. No. Um, so with all of that loss, I, I kind of lost all motivation to keep writing. I, I tried for a while. You know, right. I would uh, I'd scribble on my notebook, and it, it kind of just turned into journaling for a few years. Right. And I, I really didn't, like, and I scribbled, and I, you know, kind of like, kept trying over the years but it was nowhere mm-hmm. near like the volume that I was at when I was like 18 19 right so it actually wasn't until this year that I came back to Phoenix that I kind of saw I that revival of right. you know writing poetry right because the community here is so strong yeah there is where were you before uh San Bernardino California so um uh, 50 miles inland of Los Angeles. Oh, okay. And there wasn't much... Well, the thing about Southern California is because it's so big, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's hard to find a community because I wasn't really in any of the major cities. Right, that's true. Yeah, L.A. would have had a lot, right? Yeah, but it was like an hour and a half drive. And, right. <laughs> uh, you know, L.A. traffic is just not fun to be in. Yeah. So you never got back those notebooks. Never got him back. And I asked about him a few times, but um, right. you know, I always got, like, a different answer. It just seemed kind of dodgy. So I was like, all right, I'm going to let it go. But, you know, really, I never let it go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I dropped it, but I never let it go. Um, right. I can I can imagine. It must be kind of heart-wrenching because those are, you know, works that you're proud of, it seems like. It wasn't I mean, so much like the, yeah, it was my work and it was, there was a lot of it. Right. And not all of it was great, and I'm sure none of it was publishable, certainly. You never know. Yeah, that's true. I guess I could have polished some of it. But I, I did retain a certain amount of digital copies. Right. So some of my 
shinier pieces I got mm. to keep. Right. Some of them are still in rotation in some incarnation. Right. But why, why did you need to borrow your notebooks? Okay, admittedly, I was going through kind of a hard time, and mm. maybe she thought that by removing these notebooks and all of the negative thoughts that were filled, that, that filled them mm. would help me get past it, oh. uh, and, and it didn't. That's the story I'm going with, so I'm not harboring any hard feelings, right, even though I right, do right. miss them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe she put it in a safe place, and maybe one day she'll return them to you. Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, can always hold on to hope for that. Or or you become famous, and then she auctioned them off on eBay or something. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you give us an example of the thought process that you have through your poem, then? You want me to read it? Yeah, please. Okay, cool. What the fuck's this goofy poet doing? Programming legacy money machines. I mean, he's sobbing over his keyboard. This gentle man has been twisting his words, composing notes and emails and riddles to complaints of purple prose and contrived excuses for always being out sick. He'd always rather talk to terminals than live people anyway. He once got in trouble for sending customer receipts to say capitalism will kill you on footer note one, and thanks. Come back soon on footer note two. That was at a funeral home. He's got a security camera that's always pointed at the moon, wondering at its rot and lot in life. Why couldn't I have been a GoPro? You can hear its motorized sigh if you listen closely as it swivels back to the cave over which it has domain. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're doing like a verse version of Wally. <laughs> yeah, it's it's similar to that where I was giving the camera that uh, the sentience mm. to reflect that wish for larger things, right? right, right. Um, because again, I was I was going through that quarter life crisis or whatever, and mm-hmm. my friend asked me, you know, why don't you get what you want, right? And mm-hmm. I had to like then decide what it was that I wanted, and so yeah, that's this, a hard part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this this poem kind of reflects that in the sense that. I'm asking myself, why am I doing what I'm doing? And mm-hmm. Why can't I do more? Or why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of just like dreaming of bigger things while also just reflecting on where I was at. Right. And again, where I was at actually has, has worked out pretty well for me. And I'm, I'm really grateful that I had that experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's helped me grow in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like not a lot of people get the time to really reflect on what is it that they actually want. So that there's always this angstiness about what is it that I'm doing. But if you don't find out what you want, then how can you go after it? Yeah, exactly. You have to kind of like visualize it. Right. And, you know, sometimes that means looking around. Right. (laughs) And when did you write this poem? Originally, I scribbled the first bits of it maybe 2015 2016 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and then just over time modified this piece and added this chunk and Mm -hmm. i have like five drafts uh saved on my computer of that same poem because i actually submitted it to a magazine Mm -hmm. because i saw that they were accepting submissions right it didn't work out but it's all right because it's still a fun piece and i'm still writing more yeah yeah And you should, I mean, just keep submitting them because different magazines will have different focuses, so you never know. 
Yeah, that's true too, because that, you know, depends on everything. The one that I submitted for was calling for the rise of the next generation. Right. So it kind of maybe in an abstract way could have fit, but uh, in a sense isn't so much the next generation as the current one just <laughs> whining about. <laughs> things. Yeah, well, there's a lot of zines and poetry websites and newsletters that are taking submissions now. And what they sound like, it sounds more generalized. And, and you might have to read just through what they've been publishing to find out exactly what they mean by that. It's, it's a lot of ground to cover next generation. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I, I probably could have done, done a little bit better if I had like read some of their earlier published parts. Yeah, it's hard because you really have to put in a lot of time of, and research to figure out what's what. But even then, it's still hit and miss. I actually talk about this with another poet who used to intern at a book or magazine publishers. He talked about a little bit of that, the process. Maybe it'll be helpful. We're all trying, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So there's one thing I wanted to ask specifically about the purple prose that was interesting because it's it's blue that's like smut, right? I always forget which color. I'm not familiar with that. What kind of, can you repeat that? Yeah, I think it's when people say blue is more like smutty. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, purple prose, at least in other forms of literature, is just kind of things that are too flowery. Don't get to the point, kind of like loft around using big mm. words and using probably too many adjectives. That is poetry. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> what, what the fuck is this poet doing? You know, he's at work and he's sending emails in purple prose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, get to the point. What are you trying to say? <laughs> A lot of people come back to me like that. Like, use different words. <laughs> Someone told me that on the phone one time when I was like, ah, okay, okay, I hear you. <laughs> but maybe you should just write a book full of poetry in the form of emails. That would be hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Um, I did write one in the form of like a All Trails app description. Um, Yes, you read that. That was the other poem you read. Yeah, Uh, that was where you know it was just it was written as a small blurb um, Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. you might see uh, in a a hiking app. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I I, I like things like that, Mm -hmm. uh, like kind of like self-contained bits. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, uh, one thing that I want to play with is like. I do, I do a lot of tech support and customer mm-hmm. service, and so right. I want to do like a mini-series where mm-hmm. it's like spell support. Right. And like, hey, my spell's not working. Can you fix it? And it's like, well, you know, try disarming it and then enchanting again or whatever. You know, like <laughs> s- stupid things like that um, I find really entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you could do a comic book series on those. It's like a poetry comic book. Yeah, I think that would lend to the uh, to that format really well. Yeah, I yeah. About that too. Pretty <laughs> awesome. Do you draw as well? I don't, unfortunately. Oh, well, I know some people. So huh? there's a lot of wonderful uh, artistic talents in the Phoenix Valley area. So you, you know, you, I'm sure you can team up with somebody who will be that's your passion. Yeah, somebody who, who might uh, be interested in that. Yeah, as interested yeah. as I am in the concept. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, the trails thing that you read, I remember that's definitely, that will lend itself to a nice illustration, I think. 
Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Like I put it uh, on Instagram to a backdrop of like a like a really creepy wood. Uh, right. Like, yeah. Where which? <laughs> and uh, so yeah, because it's it's got like the spiritual and creepy vibes, and you know, it ends with the line. It's a uh, this trail is used for hiking, nature trips, and uh, ancient rituals under the full frost moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's got the like kind of the creepy vibe to it. Right. And, like right. there's like little bits throughout and it's only like six lines but you know like magic runs deep here and then like uh keep your dog on a leash because the forest spirits are quick to anger or something like that. <laughs> so that's where i was like drawing yeah that from yeah it was the, great I, I really like that one too yeah um snuck, a, snuck another poem in there <laughs> <laughs> no that's cool yeah that, there's a lot of people i mean we all write lots of poems and my interviews are always like random walks so you never know what applies so so did you actually do this thing with the capitalism will kill you and thank you come back soon is that something you actually did no but i've done a lot of work on receipts um <laughs> like i i did uh, a supported software for a mm-hmm. couple of years i did um like a restaurant management software mm. so i did have to write the receipts and like code different parts because it was like pre-made code that like insert data points right mm-hmm. like because it's going to change every time like you know what you ordered and like the name of the customer the name yeah. of the server stuff like that anyway yeah so i did i did do some work with like receipts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i never succumbed to the temptation to be a jerk <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah that would have totally gotten you fired oh yeah totally. <laughs> but it's still hilarious though it's it's definitely like along the lines of south park or something <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I felt like it, it would have been pretty interesting. A lot of people would have been upset. Yes, yes. <laughs> you were saying that the process turned out to be good for you. I mean, do you mind describing that more in detail? Um, kind of like my journey, my professional journey started here. Uh, essentially, you know, um, I grew up in, in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the army for a couple of years. I got out because I couldn't keep up with the physical standards. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of a bigger guy right now. Mm-hmm. But the day I got out, I moved to California. I was like, well, I don't need to be in Phoenix anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm an adult and I can do whatever I want. Right. It took me six months to get a job when I moved to California. Mm-hmm. And I was I was looking for everything. I was like, uh, Circle K, 7-Eleven, whatever. But I really wanted to get into tech because that's what I, that was mm-hmm. my takeaway from the Army was like, I like technology mm-hmm. and printers. And my Army job was multimedia illustrator. So oh. it was 13 weeks of Photoshop, uh, logo wow. design, things like that. Nice. I don't have an eye for aesthetics, unfortunately. <laughs> so while I have some training, I just don't do anything with it because I'm just it's just not for me. Right. It allowed me to be creative through that training process, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it came out with an interest in technology. So I was looking for a job in tech, mm-hmm. and I found it in tech support for... Um, it's called an independent sales organization. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they set up small businesses for merchant processing accounts. So mm-hmm. you go to like a little convenience store and you have a little swiper on the countertop. Mm-hmm. Well, I would build the files for those devices. I would set up those devices to be ready to process. Right. It wasn't glamorous or anything. You know, I started at minimum wage because I didn't have any experience and they were willing to train. Yeah. Um, but because they were willing to train, I was able to use the experience of just a year there to transfer over to supporting the uh, restaurant management software. Okay. Um, and then from the restaurant management software, 
uh, actually came back to the uh, to the credit card side, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's where I'm at right now, doing customer service tech support. Okay. It's, it's working out really well for me. I really okay. am grateful for that experience, and I'm glad to be where I'm at as far as my work goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good at it. Um, I hear it all the time, and like <laughs> that's like one of the few things that like I have to worry about. Mm-hmm. As long as I show up and do what I'm supposed to do, like it's just like it's good. Mm-hmm. It challenges me, but it's not something that I have to worry about too much. Right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So, like, when you wrote this, it was pre-entering into the Army, or it was already, like... It was out. Okay, so this was, like, during that six-month time? Uh, it was shortly after. Um, oh, yeah. So it was probably maybe a year or two after I got out of the Army. I had been doing this for no more than a year. I, I was only there a year. Right. But it was towards the end. Right. Yeah, I guess this is when you were looking for a new step, right? new direction. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was looking for something more. But just because I felt like the job that I did was very specified, and you know, once you get decent at it, like yeah. you'd expect a little bit more than minimum wage. Right, right. Uh, but it was kind of a revolving door. Mm-hmm. And a um, great bunch of people. Like, I don't want to, like put them in any bad light because I, I really enjoy the people I work with. Like I, right. I, I uh, feel like I made some friendships there. Right. Um, I still talk to some of them. And mm-hmm. It was a good experience, but it, it was time for me to move on. Right, right. Well, I mean, from your poem, it seems like you were looking for something a little bit more challenging or, or you know, something a little more, there's a little bit more variable to it. Yeah, I think maybe more rewarding would be a good mm-hmm. way to put it. I was definitely looking for something more rewarding than that. Right, right. And, you know, for a lot of people, when the learning curve flats out, you're just like, and eh, now what? <laughs> right? Yeah, because it wasn't getting any easier. But, uh, you know, I was, I was picking up responsibilities, and it was all lateral from there. Mm-hmm. And there was no up, no upward right. movement. Right, right, right. And so when you did use the metaphor GoPro, obviously a lot of people use GoPro to, you know, when you think of it, it's like rock climbing, skydiving. You know? Extreme sports yeah. and things that people want to see or you yeah. want to relive. Yeah, yeah, skiing. That's <laughs> definitely where I was going for with that one. Yeah. <laughs> so do you feel like you found something that's to what you're looking for? Are you a GoPro now or are you somewhere in between? Somewhere in between, but I don't see myself going anywhere for a while. I mm-hmm. feel like it's definitely a place I can grow. Mm-hmm. It's really rewarding, and I, I definitely feel like my efforts are recognized. That's good. And, um, you know, there's definitely a lot I still have to learn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good, because as long as there's room for growth, right, it seems like that's what a lot of people want, especially what you seem to want for your career is that... that sense that you can continue to learn more, acquire more knowledge, gain more professional skills. Yeah, and all of that without college, to be entirely honest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I made a few attempts. Um, Actually, I founded a creative writing club at Gateway Community College. Oh, awesome. Uh, Yeah, it was like maybe 2010, right Mm -hmm. before I joined the Army. I woke up and there was an open mic in the student union area or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do I get involved in that? Right. <laughs> and like it was for a class. Right. So I basically tapped on that teacher mm-hmm. to guide me through getting that right, set up right, so right. we can have open open mics. Right. I guess it's not open mic if it's for a class, but that's kinda like the feel it had. Right, you know? right, right. Uh, had that like um, 
anything goes kind of kind of feel. Right. And it was really cool. I, I stayed long enough to see their first event, mm-hmm. and it was great. You know, people were going up and reading their pieces. One guy brought a guitar, and at one point, everything just devolved into like people going up on the stage and like singing and rapping while the guitar was going. Awesome. And it was like yeah, it was a really fun open environment. It mm-hmm. was kind of like everything I could have asked for. Right. I don't know if that club is still active right now. Oh, you can um, find out. I can certainly find out. Yeah, yeah, it's close <laughs> enough to here. It is, yeah. Since you came out of the Army, I know there are programs where they help people who came out of the Army to find jobs. Uh, did you go through one of those? or did There you find are out? limited resources for that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of tapped on them because even when I was still in the Army, I was, mm-hmm. uh, I was working at Circle K. Okay. <laughs> I did that for two years, and that was, you know, I got robbed twice. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it was at Popgo Park, too. So mm. it was a you know, National Guard base across the street. Oh. It had like a two-minute response time. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we were buddies. They'd come over, and I'd give them, I'd hook them up with free coffee, free soda. Right, right, right. right. Basically provide free security. You didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> um, yeah, they ended up getting in, in trouble with like the local police because I called them instead of the police when I got robbed. And oh. They kind of followed the guys to where they were like hiding out. And mm-hmm. the cops chastised the National Guard guys. Like, mm-hmm. What? Anyway, that's, that's not... <laughs> Are you outing them? Do I have to cut this out? <laughs> No, I don't, I'm not saying any names. Okay, but still, yeah, I, I think with a lot of police matters, a lot of the time I feel like you sort of need to have friends in certain areas and that the police don't always come when you want them to. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then you hear this side of the story, which is that they're chastising. So they did arrest the guys. I think something happened from it, but it was more like a, hey, you guys need to, like, mind your business kind of thing. What? Yeah. Were they the same people who dropped you twice? No, because once was in Tempe and then once was right here on oh, okay. Popgill Park on okay. 52nd and McDowell. Okay. okay. Um, they've since remodeled and it's a little bit nicer, but I'm sure stuff still happens. <laughs> right, right, right. And you were working at night? Yeah, I was working graveyards for um, for, for a long time. I was doing graveyard shifts. It gave me a lot of time to, like, I would um, would close the store overnight Mm -hmm. to restock. Mm -hmm. And I would just, like, have my headphones in and just kind of, like, ramble into the microphone. (laughs) uh, Kind of try and build, like, poems or, like, pieces that I could use. Right. And that was kind of fun for a while. Yeah. Um, It's just not, not a sustainable thing. Sure, it's fine when you're 19, 20 years old, but <laughs> like, <laughs> at a certain point, again, it's like you need that growth, right? Right, right, right. So you say you found that through the Army, or that was one of your assignments? <laughs> um, I actually found it without the Army, because like, the Army, their resources, like I said, are kind of limited at best. They're right. um, geared for people who aren't me. <laughs> just for skills and like jobs available kind of stuff. Um, what do you mean by that? Do you mind expanding? I didn't qualify for some of the jobs and other jobs I didn't really feel comfortable applying for. Mm. Mostly the former, though. Mostly mm. just like because part of the army is like they, you know, part of the military in general is that they want you to get an education. And especially in the reserves, which is, I was in the reserves. Okay. 
they, they expect you to have an education. This is like a general knowledge, I guess. Okay, mm-hmm. like I made the mistake of going reserves. There's things like the federal grants. Mm-hmm. There are things other grants that are available to certain people. Well, they're only available if you go active first. I went uh, straight to reserves. I didn't qualify for any of that stuff. I didn't get benefits when I left. Right. And so because of my limited education and because of my lack of experience, there wasn't a whole lot that those sites or organizations could offer me. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot that I could uh, take advantage of. Right, right, right. A lot of these systems are designed to catch most, not all. So mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you just feel like, oh, it's through the cracks. Yeah, it felt a lot like looking for, you know, financial aid when you're going to school. Right. So you go through the list and you're like, okay, this, this, this one is for people who do this, are from here, or do this, yeah. you know, X, Y, Z. Right. And so exactly that, you know, it'll, they'll catch most but not all where the availability was just uh, not right for me. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a hard thing. It's sort of like the publishing business as well. You have to spare a full-time job's time to, to research it all and uh, find out. And then there are so many resources that are not readily available to everybody. True, um, yeah. Yeah. Poetry isn't even my main thing. Oh. I've been working on a novel that I started for now in November last year. Oh, okay. uh, I was doing National Novel Writing Month. Mm-hmm. Still working on it. It's big. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it's, uh, it's got four main characters, point of view characters, that is. and It's about war, so it's just, mm-hmm. it's a lot. And it's also inspired by, um, like, uh, the way we treat um, immigrants. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially lately, the, the hot-button topic of the concentration camps and then the, um, mm-hmm. those caravans coming from Honduras uh, at the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very heavily influenced by these things. Uh, and so that's it's one thing I've been working on for a while that I'm a little over halfway done with. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to start a zine, mm-hmm. like, a, you know, just a little, like, self-published copy paper and, and staple right. production right. of stories, poetry, and maybe like small art pieces or photography that reflect the journey through mental illness. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten any uh, submissions yet, mm-hmm. uh, but it was something that I thought about doing over the summer, and I did like a call for submissions, and then right. like kind of let it slip away since nobody seemed interested. Or I got plenty of people to raise their hands, but none to submit. Right. Uh, that, that's another thing that I'm hoping to, to work on, or at least, like, an idea that I hope that I can make something out of. Right, right. That would be great. Do you know Wish That Ink Zine Distro? Yeah, I visited there once, uh, and that's actually what gave me the idea. Yeah. Being around all of those zines, I was, I was inspired to make my own, and that was kind of, like, what I had to offer. Right, right. Because of the only zine I've ever made, uh, it was, like, a little, you know, folded paper deal right, <laughs> right, right. I, I went to a like a zine festival in Riverside California mm-hmm. and um, I made one on the spot to trade and I just used like kind of a journal entry cool. and illustrated that with magazine clippings and doodles right, right. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, great and I traded it for a little a little zine with a cat on the front of it <laughs> I was like yeah I made something that I could trade cool I was very excited yeah. and so kind of Going to Wasted Ink brought me that memory. Mm-hmm. 
and then gave me the idea for it doesn't have an official name i was going by like safe place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um something like that something that it's meant to celebrate the survival and highlight the experience mm-hmm. but not so much to like normalize or romanticize the you know right 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 yeah a number of uh, poets that I spoke with actually talked about mental illness as well or what they've gone through. In any case, I picked my poem because I felt a sense of, like I said, like jokingly in the beginning, like Wally, that, that sense of loneliness yeah. to, to your poem, uh, which I felt when I wrote my poem. Isolation. How right. appropriate. <laughs> so I'll, I'll read that now and then uh, we can talk about it. Great. The sky is gray and my heart sinks with the silence of questions going unanswered. The chills of winter invade my bones buried beneath layers of synthetics and flesh, but heat does not arise and the freezing of my heart meets the frosty air for an icy alliance. Blanketing bleakness spreads. I actually thought that it fit in more ways than that. That's an interesting thought process about, you know, kind of like thinking about Wally, the little lonely robot. Mm. But it, it does kind of explore that solitude, like mm-hmm. you said, and in a sense, kind of that, like you're at odds with yourself. Mm. Like you're, the heat does not rise in the freezing of my heart because it's frosty air. So it's kind of like, it's almost it almost feels like, like your heart is like betraying you, mm. right? Um, maybe I'm way off, but I, I really dug that about it because my piece was so heavily influenced by you know like that doubt and like the like what do i want or like Mm -hmm. where am i kind of like the the existentialism of your isolation like i just thought that it fit in more ways than one cool yeah i'm glad to hear that i wrote this when it was winter time actually it was i think january when i wrote this and it was really cold, and I was, as I am now, under layers of synthetics. And, you know, sometimes you're cold not just from the actual temperature outside, but you're feeling cold because you're depressed, and it makes you colder. And that's why I was talking about the icy alliance, because I was feeling very depressed over what I felt was some neglect from friends from people that I thought could be really good friends, but turned out not to be the case. And so I just felt like the frost was coming both growing outward from within and also coming inwards from without. Nice. Well, not nice. It's, it's really unfortunate that you felt that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, at least it's good imagery, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. It definitely, it definitely fits like in the theme of Que de Halpasa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And I love that you do that, you know, the way that you select your pieces. How long ago did you write this one? Around January of last year. Oh, last year you said yeah. that. It was... Wait, this year. It stands up still to the um, the cold. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe now that it's starting to get cold outside, like, it, maybe it is a little bit more relevant because of that. Yeah, because you can kind of feel it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was, uh, I read it on my way to work this morning where it was really cold. It was, like, 40s yeah which of course people like back east or whatever are gonna hear that and like oh that's not cold (laughs) (laughs) i'm starting to have winter food and i was joking on my twitter that of course winter here is 65 
but but I am still bundled. I'm still like, oh my god, sixty-five. Let me put on four layers. Right. <laughs> um, but it does get cold. It's gonna get cold like this later this week and next week too. It's gonna be really cold. It's probably gonna go into the twenties or something like that, right? Like at night. Yeah, I heard something like that where it was gonna get colder before it got warmer. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the deal, man? I came here for the warmth. <laughs> <laughs> where did you come from? New York. New York. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, yeah. So I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not cold. No, no, no. To me, I'm just like I'm. I'm already accustomed to it. I'm just like, no, it's still cold. <laughs> yeah, cold is cold. Hot is hot. It doesn't matter if it's humid or if it's dry. Like. <laughs> It does make a difference. Does I, it? Yeah, because I was... Um, see, the thing is, I can never remember weather. I, I always forget. Um, but this summer, I decided to go uh, to Uganda to interview poets. Wow. And over there is wet, uh, humid heat. And 85, man. 85 here. You can walk outside. And, you know, it's really comfortable, actually. Yeah, um, 85 over there. I'm drenched. I'm not like doing Iron Man or anything like that. I'm literally just walking up and down streets and I'm drenched. Wow. So I was like, oh, so this is what people mean by <laughs> like, it's a dry wet, heat. Yeah, wet heat. Yeah. So finally I was like, oh, 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 because, you know, I came from, I flew from this dry heat when it was already hitting about 100 right. and, and went over there. I was like, oh my God, 85, horrible. <laughs> you know? So it was really, a really interesting point of comparison. Yeah, that is. And on that note, uh, as far as going to Uganda goes, like, were there were there a lot of poets there that you could talk to? There are plenty of poets. Unfortunately, I was not feeling well. I was like sick half of the time, so I wasn't able to go to as many open mics as I wanted to and get to know more poets. So I ended up only interviewing four. I mean, I still have some contacts there, so hopefully, I'll get to interview more of them at some point in the future but there there were a lot of a lot of talent like seriously great poets that i didn't get a chance to to interview and also obviously i love the poets that i interviewed as well and we talk about all a manner of issues uh let's see i think the first one was a refugee actually mm -hmm. so he talked about being a refugee in Uganda, and I did not know that Uganda serves as a UN model, UN refugee agency model, because even though they're the 15th most uh, poorest nation in, in the world, they've welcomed something like over 1 million refugees onto their land, and wow. those people have freedom of movement, and they get permits, and they, get, they can work, they can do whatever, and so it's, it's a, a, such a contrast what's going on right here especially in a border state where, it, where the issue is so uh, prevalent mm -hmm. um another poet was talking about homelessness and i talked about homelessness both in phoenix and and in la which inspired so a poet yeah oh my god i actually walked through the encampment in la it was like through a fabric wholesale district to korean town or something mm -hmm. and i just thought it would never end like, it was just blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks of people. I think it's called Skid Row. Oh, is it? Really? I, okay. I think so. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it was such an eye-opening experience, and I felt well both privileged in getting to see it, and also it just eye-opening because you don't realize. I noticed that in the last ten years, well, since two thousand eight, since the financial crash happened, that there is. I've seen a lot more homeless people just throughout、mm-hmm. the U.S. wherever I go. But to see that many congregated in one area, it's almost a neighborhood of its own.、Mm-hmm. So you know, Portland looks pretty bad too. I went to Portland last summer, and it was a、uh, more than Phoenix, but probably less than LA. But it was pretty common sight to see like somebody camped out on the sidewalk. I mean, it's a beautiful place. Like、mm-hmm. I, I, to be honest, I like the surrounding area better than I like the city itself.、Mm-hmm. But Like to be camping in the city is just a little heart wrenching. Yeah, it really is. I mean, fortunately, one thing that just happened was that the Supreme Court has refused to hear a case that the Ninth District rule for the homeless, which is that the city cannot criminalize them from sleeping on the streets if they cannot provide housing for them. So.、Nice. That's a very good victory for them.、Uh, I mean, obviously, you rather that they <laughs> they have places to go. Yeah,、um, but if you're not gonna like house them, then you can't kick them out. That is totally fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so now they can have encampments on streets or in in parks, which you know many cities, especially cities like LA. LA was part of this lawsuit, I think, or California was. Uh, you know that that want to quote unquote beautify their neighborhoods like San Francisco when the Super Bowl when they were just like forcing the encampment to leave. Where else are they gonna go, right? But it's all about you know saving face. Yeah, like presenting the、uh, the image of like a cleaner place than it really is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to the Uganda poets. Yeah. So a third poet and I talked about suicide and also suicide ideation, and a fourth poet and I talked about、uh, the politics, and, which is really relevant because his poem is about how their national politicians tend to use the people at election time, use them like well he compared them to condoms, they basically use the people like condoms. They use them and they throw them out afterwards. Wow. And, And so, and I thought it was like incredibly relevant to our times as well, you know, because every when election comes, I mean, you know, you could see what's going on since since the inauguration. Somebody has been going about his, you know, re-election campaign. So it's always about, oh, I care about you, but actually, I talk about me all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. It's really interesting though that the that the Ugandan poets you spoke to had such important things to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to say that you know, there's any preconceptions there, but it's really, it's really important that people talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm.、Um, mm-hmm. Homelessness and suicide, and the just the unjustness of like political structures. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of、uh, a range of. It's like whatever we would talk about, they would talk about too. Yeah.、Um, Some of the specific incidents might be a little bit different. It might be, you know, set to specific kind of themes. You know, they're like the poet who talked about politicians using people like condoms, and also talked about wanting to return to a more ancestral African tradition of reciting poetry by the fire. He talked about that because、uh-huh. he talked about using the Ugandan, Luganda, the language. 
more in his poetry because he tends to use Luganda, even though the poem we discussed was actually more in English. Um, yeah, and there there are also poets that I unfortunately I didn't get to interview. Uh, one who mainly writes in Luganda and uh, talk about the environment. That I really wanted to interview him because you know that's like a global issue, and I wanted to see how they deal with the local as well. Because right. they do have, um, I think they have a a plastic bag ban already in place, but still. When I was there, I was able to get a lot of these little black plastic bags every time I go buy anything, you know. Right. So there are, on the larger level, they are implementing something like that. But on the local level, on the daily level, it's not to a real noticeable extent. So I, I really wanted to hear his take on that as well. Yeah, that would be really interesting to hear. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they do still burn garbage a lot. Oh. Yeah. So it's really incredibly fascinating. I just wish you know, I, had, I was able to interview more poets. I didn't really meet a lot of female poets, unfortunately. There were m more politics and people who talk about feminism as well. It's really just runs the gamut. Beautiful, beautiful. That's awesome. Bunch of poems and poetry people, poets. That's a really good point, though. My first language was Spanish, and I wish mm -hmm. that I could speak, or that I felt confident enough to use more Spanish in my work. I mm -hmm. like Cave Hell Pasa, it's you know, like a <laughs> silly Spanglish, mm -hmm. you know, title. Mm -hmm. not, to, not to bring it back to that, but uh, like, I, I don't, and I, I really should. Um, well, I think it's you know, up to the individual poet, however you're comfortable, whichever language you feel comfortable writing. Have you thought about going to Palabra's Pocket to Me, which is every third Saturday? Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I went for a workshop. It was uh, Environment as Protagonist. Um, oh, cool. I really got a lot out of that. Yeah, they, they did a water event a few months back. I think that's pre-view coming back here. They also do zine, I think, assembly or something. I, what it is, actually, I think... Um, and maybe they do things too, but um, when I saw them at the, the Meet Your Writing Community event, mm -hmm. they talked about handcrafting Spanish poetry books. Where oh, they, no, they weren't there. Yeah, they were uh, probably across from you, actually. Um, no, somebody else. It was because I, I know Chawa, who runs Palabras. They weren't able to, <laughs> they, they missed it that way. Oh, so who yeah. was that then? Because I, I, I asked them about needing volunteers, mm -hmm. and I haven't been able to reach out to them. But uh, yeah, there's I some thought it was Palabras. No, no, but Palabras definitely has some workshops on that, because the woman who was next to me, she does some scene assembling or journal assembling over there, she told me about. So Palabras has a whole bunch of stuff going on. And if you want to feel inspired to write Spanish poetry, there are usually a couple who, who actually read in Spanish over there. That would be interesting to see. At least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. And I definitely want to support Palabras a lot more than I do already. <laughs> I really like the store. Yeah. And again, it's, it's really not that far from where I live. It's only about a mile. So. Okay, yeah. And actually, I, I have three poets that I interview who uh, read Spanish poems in the podcast. It's a folder in episodes with non-English poets, something, I don't remember. Oh, it's a cool. one you, I, haven't, I haven't really explored your, your folder structure yet, but I've I just been listening to the most, probably about five most recent. 
Yeah, I think if you just go, you can go to poetsandmuses.com and in the intro section, I give a bunch of like different subjects and link to specific episodes. And then later on, I actually talk about how we have poets from other countries. And then I also link to the folder where it's not English poems. So you can go through that way or you can just go to the SoundCloud Poets and Muses and you could look at the playlists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it'd probably be easier to find it through the website. That's really cool, though. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. So uh, we should go back to you, our poems. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> no, stuff. still, it's it's cool though to talk about just like explore what's going on in Phoenix and also outside and all the poetry that we can resonate with, even from a country that we might never thought of as like yeah. close to us in terms of like. You know, human reaction to things. So. It's uh, it's nice to not feel so alone all the time. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> Bring that back. It, yeah, it is that, and I think I think that's one of the things is that especially when we're lonely, but also just throughout our lives, we tend to look within our immediate surroundings for those kindred spirits, and because we're so individual, right? And mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to look elsewhere to find those people that we vibe with. Yeah, it's, it's, in, it's an interesting thought. That's one of the coolest things, in my opinion, about the internet and social mm-hmm. media, is that even though you pass people on the street, if you would have no cause to like reach out and find out what they're interested in, unless you're at an event, or unless you go to these pages on our computers and on our phones that mm-hmm. are dedicated to people who have, or created by people who have those same interests. Right, right, exactly. And I think that's what the internet allows us to do. Different groups like meetups allow us to do is find those people of common interest. I mean, meetup is more in the immediate surrounding area. But for, you know, for other things that are more thought process oriented, we don't necessarily have to meet the other person to still have these very fulfilling conversations and interactions. Right. Actually, when I started going to events, it was through Facebook that I was finding everything. Mm. It was uh, kind of just a stroke of luck. I don't know what I was searching for or what it heard me say because, I don't know, know, (laughs) sometimes you don't have to look for it and you just have to talk about it or sometimes it feels like you just have to think about it and Facebook will show you. Um, it's a little scary sometimes. But yeah, I started seeing you know events like that, Meet Your Writing Community. Uh, mm-hmm. And then um, I know, is it Piper House? Uh, Piper Center yeah. for... Creative Writing. Yeah, they have a lot of really good stuff and I started following their page. Mm-hmm. Bring it back out to the community. Yeah, it's but fine. It's like... Like, that's how I found, you know, all the events and, you know, stopped being quite so alone about, like, my projects and stuff right. that I'm trying to, to work on. Right, right. Yeah, there are a lot of good writing groups that you can, you can bounce your idea off of. And there are a lot of writers who are very giving and, and very helpful in terms of writing process. Yeah. So you know about the Changing Hands that has the uh, second Monday of the month? They have a poetry round table. You can bring your poetry and have a workshop. Wow, I did not know that. That sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And then also Tuesday, if you have a card, 
you know, it's in Chandler, at the Chandler Community Center. Every Tuesday night they have a writing workshop. And it's wonderful, I just can't get there because of public transportation. You know what's ridiculous is I have a car, mm-hmm. but I am on public transportation right now. Oh, are you? <laughs> like, uh, my car died on me pretty much immediately when I got here from California. No. So you didn't want to come here, huh? No, it's it's sold out on the border, like oh no, like, like maybe five, uh, no more than twenty minutes away from the border. Um, you and it's like uh, I asked my uncle to help me with it, and he did a lot. But right mm-hmm. now, like, every time we fix one thing, it's something else. He's like, yo, if you can get out of this car, do it. <laughs> it's, it's way too new to be giving you these problems. Um, wow, it's, it's only two thousand fourteen, but it's okay. again after another. Yeah, it's good, but um, I, I don't think I'll make it to the Chandler one, unfortunately. <laughs> well, maybe when you get your new car, then. Yeah, we'll see you have to sort it out, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think on Thursdays now, um, at the Welcome Diner, Atlas and Cloud, he, he was the one who talked about uh, mental illness as well. He was one of them. And he started uh, writing Get Together. I think it was pretty late, too. Uh, nine something. Well, I announce it every week, so you can listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It sounds familiar. You might have heard it last night. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have any more questions about my poem? Let's look at it one more time. Maybe. Sure. Because I feel like maybe I did. So the questions unanswered. Yeah, I really like that because again, it resonated with my the whole thing is that I was asking, you know, okay, that pasa. Right. <laughs> so like the questions unanswered. Can you unpack that? Yeah, a lot of times I, I sort of write poetry from literal events, literal things going on. This is one of those lines that is quite literal because I had sent out some questions to people that I thought were friends that I thought were close, and they never answered, or at least at this point when I wrote the poem, they never answered, and I just felt like really a sense of rejection. And Okay, it's literal. Yeah, 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 this particular line is very literal, but the rest, you know, obviously it just starts to become very metaphorical and Mm -hmm. it certainly can be interpreted very very metaphorically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's why i was like "Hmm, which questions and yeah that's really interesting as well that's uh and goes perfectly with the theme as well um you know going unanswered and that makes you question more right right exactly like why do i you know like invest my time in these people Exactly. You're like lacking that reward system, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like, hmm, maybe I need to find new friends. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, that dissatisfaction with where you were at or who you were associating with, like, Mm kind of like brings that back to it's. It's a really like it's a really interesting piece that way. Yeah. And it's like it says a lot. Hmm. I actually remember, well, I don't know why uh, <laughs> you were talking about that. So um, I actually have a folder as well for just uh, veterans that I've interviewed. Poets mm-hmm. who are veterans as well as poets who are from military families. Interesting. So obviously I'm going to put you in that folder. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a nice playlist as well because I noticed that there's a lot of veterans of color. There's a lot of uh, military personnel of color. In my opinion, for me, in my situation, I should say, it was a poverty trap. Like I said, mm, I joined because yes. I thought that it was going to get me into school or at least right. pay for some of my schooling. Well, that is the advertising, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, that's what they bandy about. And 
I'm not saying that they don't pay it out, but you definitely need to give them your time first. You need to go active or they won't. <laughs> they won't give you everything that they promise. Right. Um, you just have to put your life on the line. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I have a cousin right now who was oh, deployed. Oh, wow. Yeah. I heard from him today, so I know he's good, but <laughs> yeah, he's, it's, it's, a, it's scary. Yeah. You know, because uh, I don't want to say too much about it because of stuff. Right. But, well, yeah. this is wood, I think. He's he's good, and he's uh, he's just out there serving, doing his time. Right. And um, you know, he's definitely getting out of his mom's house, and mm. you know, doing all right for himself through the military. And I think that that's a lot of the allure of that, because it's kind of like uh, like a lot of people of color might be barred from a lot of social constructs if certain circumstances play out like uh want to bring back like the police again like mm -hmm. you know like they kind of set up in a way where they will target the people of color mm -hmm. and that you know again having that background bars people from benefiting from social constructs of social benefits mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and so better to get out and you know join it than to <laughs> take chances somewhere else. Yeah, there's definitely that. And actually, one of the episodes is I talked with Jay Tatum, who came back. After she was discharged, she came back and she encountered police brutality, and she was really shocked by it because she didn't encounter it before. And, and it was obviously very painful for her to experience that. You know, she's a law-abiding citizen. So. Right, like, hi, you know, I'm you know, a person in uniform as well, and then you receive that welcome. Right, right. And it's like... Yeah, exactly. It's like, why why did I take my chance of almost getting killed to help this country if this country won't help me? Yeah, you know, exactly. That feeling. So, I, I talked about the military a lot. The episode with Carlos Colon as well, we mentioned that because his dad is... Uh, Vietnam vet. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you might want to listen to those episodes because they they might resonate somewhat. Yeah, that's you sounds like you have a lot of really good content. Like you <laughs> need to go back and, and sift through because it's uh Wow, it's been a year, so there's there's been a lot. Yeah, it's it's been weekly the whole time. Yes, yes. Pretty much. It's from the beginning, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Thank you. Well, in closing, I wanted to ask you where people can see, go see you read. Do you have um, a regular places that you go to? Okay, uh, well, I'm not really regular anywhere yet, but mm -hmm. um, I know that uh, Jared's in downtown Mesa mm -hmm. has the third Thursdays, right? Right, District um, 4 Poetry. Yeah. I wanted to uh, shout out Bonnie Books mm -hmm. because they operate out of these events. Yeah, they're awesome. They support local authors and... Mm -hmm. uh, Sell, uh, sell books at all of these events. It's like a pop-up store. They don't have a brick-and-mortar place yet. Mm -hmm. I have started to volunteer with them. Oh, great. So I'll be at a lot of the events that they'll be at. Yeah, um, yeah. I know they do a lot of East Valley stuff right now, but mm -hmm. they're, they're looking to kind of widen that as nice. well. Mm -hmm. um, I, hope to, I hope to help them do that. Cool. And they were at the Meet Your Community as well. They, yeah, that's where I found out about them, and I, that's yeah. when I asked them if they needed volunteers. Yeah, they um, were sort of across, the, they were, like, diagonally across from where I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was doing a 
a collage poem. She did, yeah. I wonder if they put it up or something. Oh, I yeah, I we haven't got that. that. Yeah, I, I'll ask. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's that. There's all those events. If you want to find me on Instagram, I have two separate ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, one for my author platform for my novel and then mm-hmm. one for my poetry where I post poems because uh, I don't feel like my author platform like really fits that environment as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have Poesia Apske Arte. Mm-hmm. It's P O E S I A dot A B S Q U E dot A R T E. And then there's Dave dot Ayala dot Rights, which is where I'm at. Mostly I just do character cards for my story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like world building posts where I like make little graphics and like introduce bits of my world. Nice. Yeah. It's awesome. You're doing a lot of teasers. Yeah, I I have a lot of a lot of ideas that mm-hmm. I want to work on, and I sometimes don't have as much time as I would like to work on them. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so those are two places you can find me on social media. Cool. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you you coming onto the show. It's been fun talking. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Cool. I um I'm really, I've been really excited about this for a while. <laughs> Yay! Thanks again. You can follow us at poetsandmuses.com and via social media on Instagram, Twitter, as well as SoundCloud under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.